The following is brought to you by Canyon Ridge Church at Tacoma. For additional podcasts or information on service times and upcoming events, please visit us online at www.explorecrc.com. Good morning, everybody. My name is John. I'm part of the church staff as well. I'm going to share with you this morning briefly about this topic called Plague. It's the series that we're doing uh, this part of the summer, and uh, today I'm going to talk to you about the G in plague, which is greed. I did a little test this week to see uh, what people think greed is, and so I asked three or four people to tell me what they thought that word meant, and I got all different answers. So I thought it would be important to just establish a baseline this morning of what we're talking about and start with a definition of greed. Greed, according to Webster's, is this, a craving for wealth and possessions. Now, this series is about the big things in life, the soul killers. These are the bad ones. These, this is a very short list. We only got five or six things here. We'll add in a few others, seven, maybe eight, something like that. But a very small list of things that are the most deadly. These are the ones you really Watch out for, okay? There are a lot of bad things in life and things that you have to be careful about. But these are the ones that God himself has singled out in a very short list saying that he hates these things, all right? These things are anti-God. So this is the devil's world. This is what he loves. That's what he's all about, the opposite of what God is about. And so greed is our focus this morning. Now, I believe that the main cause of suffering in the world, and this is a, this is a bold statement, but I challenge you to, to find out, to, to see if this is true or not. One of the main causes of suffering in the world today is greed. Greed is causing suffering, massive worldwide suffering around the world. And greed is probably one of the main reasons every church, and especially our church, suffers, struggles, is hobbling along. It's one of the reasons why the church doesn't have the resources it needs to accomplish the mission that God has given us. So a major factor in hindering the kingdom of God is this problem, this virus, deadly virus of greed. It'll cause you to be stressed out all the time, to be depressed, discouraged, People have even been known to commit suicide because they were so overcome with greed. Jesus gives a very strong warning about this in Luke chapter 12. Take a look at it on the screen in front of you. He says this, Beware, be on your guard against every form of greed. The Bible talks about four different types of greed. I'll get to that in a moment. For not even when one has an abundance does his life consist of his possessions. In Matthew chapter 6, talking about this same topic again, Jesus says this. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate the one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So he's saying that, Money will become your master. It wants to take control of you, and it will. And nobody can serve God 
and serve money when money is their master. And he doesn't say that you shouldn't, or it's a bad idea, or I recommend that you don't, or it's a sin if you do. He says it's impossible. It cannot be done. So people try, and they always fail. So if you want to serve God, and you want money to be a big thing in your life, you cannot do them both. You must decide. You will end up despising one or the other. And then Paul, the Apostle Paul, says to Timothy in 1 Timothy that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Probably one of the most uh, incorrectly quoted Bible verses there is. I read uh, an article yesterday in USA Today, and they quoted this verse, and they said the love of money, or they said money is the root of all evil in their article. It doesn't say money is the root of all evil. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. The Bible doesn't say money is bad or evil, but loving money will cause a whole bunch of other evils in your life. So Jesus is saying, beware, watch out. Your chief adversary in life is all the stuff you own. Now, greed is widely accepted throughout the whole world as something that is depraved, that is evil, that is bad. I don't care what culture you go to. People view a greedy person as a bad person. It's a bad thing. It's not loved. It's not praised. And what makes greed so deadly, the reason why it's included on this very short list, is that most people think that it applies to someone else. In fact, most people think that the really greedy people are the rich people. And that's just the opposite. The opposite is very much true. Most people who are, who are overcome with greed are poor people and middle class people. It's not very common among rich people. Greed happens most in poor communities and middle class communities. And we tend to isolate this one off as something that doesn't belong to me. Even when I mentioned greed, you're like, well, that doesn't apply to me. So I'm going to dream about the Seahawks and how the season is starting soon and whether or not Marshawn Lentz is going to show up for, for training camp. And, and, you know, you checked out because greed doesn't apply to you. And that's what makes it so deadly is it gets a stronghold on your heart and you don't know it's there. It's like bad breath. You don't know you have it until you're told you have it, right? You have to be told you're full of greed. Now, I grew up in a greedy family. I think it would be one of the defining characteristics of the Sims family, our whole family line. It's it's on everybody. I kind of was raised in this environment of greed within our family. We were poor, very, very poor. I can remember as a small kid going to the grocery store with my parents, and they'd be counting out every penny they had, and I'd ask for a little 10-cent candy bar, which, sad to say, they were 10 cents back then. Um, dang, I'm old. Uh, and uh, my parents saying, no, we can't afford that. We can't afford that. Don't ask for that. And so I grew up poor, and, and we would just sort of our pastime as a family was to dream about being rich. We talked about it all the time. 
we'd play this little game. We'd go around the dinner table and say, what would you done, do if you won the lottery? Oh, well, you won $50 million, whatever the, the winning prize was at that time, $100 million. And we, everybody would go around, and they'd talk about what they would do and what they would buy, and I would buy this, and I would buy that, and I'd do this. And we played our little game of greed. Sometimes we look at rich people and we say, oh, yeah, rich people are greedy. And we demand people like Bill Gates and Warren Buffett to give an accounting of all of their money. Like they owe us something, you know, like they owe us to explain to them where all their money came from and what they're spending it on. And yet none of us would allow that type of scrutiny in our own life. We want it of the rich. Greed's evil twin is envy. Envy is simply, a very short definition of envy is jealousy about somebody else's success or a, a desire to have what they have. So your sister, she married the rich guy. You married the poor guy. So she married the rich guy, and so she owes all the nice stuff and all the new stuff, and, and you hate her, you despise her, you're jealous of her because she has all the good stuff and you don't have it. That's envy. True love, God's love, is not found in envy. In fact, envy has no love in it at all. It's devoid of love. It's like bitterness. Envy leads to worse sins. Some of the worst crimes ever committed started with envy. The worst decisions you've ever made in your life started with envy or greed. There are sins that grow and defile entire families. It'll move like a cancer and spread onto your children and your grandchildren and, and generational sin from family member from generation to generation. It spreads like a deadly virus. It begins so subtly and so easily. It starts with just a simple glance at the brand new car. Wow, that's a beautiful car that you have. And it just starts right there with something so simple like that. It begins to develop into feelings of resentment and bitterness and anger even towards that person that they're prospering and doing well. And you'll even complain about it to God and say, God, this isn't fair. They're not as good a Christian as I am. They don't love you as much as I do, and you're blessing them and giving them all of this stuff. This isn't right. This isn't fair. Why don't you love me like the way you love them? This is what we're talking about. Now, I told you earlier that the Bible describes four kinds of greed. Now, when I explain these four kinds, I want you to think about yourself. Remember, these camouflage themselves. They hide. You don't know that you have it. And so this is the one rare opportunity in your life where you get a chance to actually have the cover pulled off of your heart and you get to see inside and you get to hear somebody tell you that you're greedy. Isn't that fun? (laughs) Lucky you. (laughs) So think about yourself here and see if this applies to you. First type of greed is hoarding. Like a hoarder, you've seen the TV show Hoarders. 
A hoarder is a person who is insecure about their future. In fact, they put all of their trust and their comfort and their security in stuff. And maybe you're not like the really bad hoarder and you have trash all over your house, but you have all kinds of stuff and you just keep acquiring stuff and stuff and stuff. And it doesn't matter what it is. I know a woman who, very poor, and so she goes to garage sales and she spends every dime she has on buying stuff from the Goodwill or from garage sales. And so her house is full of junk that she purchased. So it doesn't have to be good stuff or nice stuff, but their hope is in their stuff, in their possessions. Their whole future is caught up in the stuff that they have. They don't have any money to give to anyone else or to the church because they've spent it all on acquiring stuff or they've saved it and put all their money away. And they'll say, well, one day in the future when I have enough to give, I'll give then, but right now I have to keep amassing money and resources for my future. But the hoarder always fails to recognize one important truth, and that is that they're amassing all this stuff, all these resources to benefit one person themselves. So hoarding is the first sign that you're a greedy person. The second sign of greed is overspending. These are people that confuse needs with wants. They want it, and they want it now, and they don't have the discipline to wait or even to see that what they have is enough, and so they'll get credit cards, and they max out that credit card, and then they get another one, and max that out and get another one, and another one, always spending every cent they have. All the money that comes in goes right out. They go on vacations. They buy new cars. They just spend, 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 spend. Their problem isn't their income. Their problem is their spending uh, heard just the other day about a doctor who makes $510,000 a year. Can you imagine? 510000 a year, flat broke because he spends every single penny. These people would like to be generous. They'd like to give a lot. They'd like to support the church, but they just can't because they're overextended. They have so much debt. There's literally nothing left to be generous with. They can't afford to give it because they're completely overextended. The third type of greed is comparison. This one goes hand in hand with envy, the two-headed monster. People who are, who are inflicted with the greed of comparison, they're constantly making comparisons between themselves and other people, and it's usually family members. So it's two sisters, and one sister is competing with the other sister, or two brothers, and they're competing with the others. You can still find it within larger families, but it looks more like uh, I want to be the one successful child. You know, we've got five other siblings, but I'm going to be the one that's the most successful, and I'm going to have all of this stuff, and I'm going to impress my family with how successful I am. And so I compare myself continually by acquiring things and having things and having many possessions and money and going on great vacations and having the appearance of success. The fourth one is entitlement. This person believes that they should have it even though they haven't worked for it. So it doesn't belong to them. They haven't earned it, but it still should be theirs. 
So rich people are the bad people in this person's mind. They think they have acquired all their wealth on the backs of other people. They've abused people, stolen, you know, did terrible things to hurt other people to get wealth, and they use it to to build upon the backs of poor people. And so the way you can see this entitlement is when any time they get any money at all, so... Uh, it's a settlement. It's uh, an inheritance. It's uh, something from the government. You know, any they get any kind of lump sum of money, they quickly spend it all. In a weekend, they'll blow ten thousand bucks. Get a big, big, uh, unexpected sum of money. Go out and buy new furniture, buy new paintings, and uh, put redo the flooring, and you know, just spend it all immediately. Because of this sense of entitlement of, I deserve this. I suffer all the time with going without, and so this is mine. I, I should have this. I'm entitled to this. They believe that rich, rich people are the cause of all of the problems in the world. So these four forms of grief are forms of greed. And I want you to think about it in terms of uh, somebody who is struggling with alcohol. It's a great comparison between the two. So if you're going to have a drink and you're afraid that you can't just have one. So if I just have one beer, that'll lead to two and three, and that'll be bad. So the best thing you can do in that environment is to just not have one. Have zero. Don't have any alcohol. You'll be fine. But what if you're the guy who's already an alcoholic? You already drink too much. You know it. How do you stop? Well, can you taper off? You know, well, I'll just have uh, four beers tonight. Tomorrow I'll have three, and the next day I'll have two, and the next day one. That doesn't work. The experts will tell you that doesn't work. That'll never work. The only way to stop is to cut it off completely and then find some support to deal with that as you go from that point forward. But you got to cut it off. Greed is the same way. You can't say to yourself, well, I'll get a handle of it. Yeah, I see one of those four in me, but... I'll make some changes. I'll do this. I'll do that. I won't be greedy anymore. I'm sorry. You can't do that. The only way to get rid of greed is to kill it the same way you do with alcohol. So to protect yourself from getting sucked into greed, be a consistent, regular giver. It's the only way to protect yourself. Be always willing to give, always giving. It changes you when you give. Something happens inside of you when you give of your hard-earned resources. A transformation takes place inside of you, and it almost works like a, a medicine or a prescription for greed. It keeps you, it keeps greed in an arm's length away from you. And if you're hopelessly hooked, I remember uh, there was a time in my life when I came to that, that pinnacle of my greed. Just unbelievable amounts of greed in my life. Probably the defining characteristic of who I was. And God confronted me on this in, in, in a very powerful way. It was a painful season of my life and, and showed me my greedy heart. And so I started this process of, of elimination, getting rid of things. We purged our house and Joy purged her closet. And, you know, if you could see our closets, it's hilarious. I mean... I've got six inches. This is a walk-in closet. Six inches. The rest is hers. 
And um, so she, she, we, we did, all, and we had like 12 50-gallon bags of stuff that we deemed we didn't need. you imagine? But when it came to the one thing that I loved the most, that's when I could really see the depth of my own greed. It was my Lexus. I bought that Lexus brand new, which is a foolish way to buy a car, by the way. Anyway, I did it. I drove that off the lot, you know, because you love that new car smell. With it, motion sensing wipers and the memory seats and all the Levinson sound system and all the wonderful things that Lexus has. The, the, the piano, uh, it's a cherry wood that's like polished like a piano on the dash and wood wheel. And oh, it was just so beautiful. And I didn't cry when. I got rid of that car, but it was close. It was close. I loved that car. But it showed to me the depths of that greed, and there was no, there would be no way possible for me to move on until I had given it away. I was like the rich young ruler. Couldn't really serve God and embrace him until I had dealt with that in my life. The only way to free yourself from greed is to be, give, to be a giver, to be generous, and if necessary, give until it hurts. It's the only way to get control of the cravings of your soul, the cravings for stuff. You'll purge your possessions, have a garage sale, give some of it away. Paul gives his, his uh, young man that he's training in the ministry, Timothy, he gives him four things to combat greed. It's found in 1 Timothy 6. I want you to look at it real quickly. We'll wrap this up. This is what Paul says to Timothy so that he wouldn't come under the power and the grip of greed. He says, True godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. Powerful statement. Godliness and contentment, being, being happy with what you have, is great wealth. After all, we brought nothing with us and when we came into the world, and we'll take nothing with us when we leave it. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. People who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, and some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. Greed is probably responsible for most of the suffering in the world because it sends people to do really terrible things, to make really horrible decisions, It's what drives a person to rob a bank or steal a car or rob from a church or rob from God. Whatever it is, greed is the driving force behind that. And it causes people to make terrible, terrible decisions in their life. It causes them to hurt other people. causes many other sicknesses and diseases and sins to follow behind it. Greed greed and envy are 
killers. They're deadly. And so God is warning us about these this morning. It will ruin everything you touch. God considers it a sin. It is a sin, and it'll destroy you. So Paul says here, there's four simple things you can do to protect yourself, Timothy. This is what they are. Number one, repentance is always the first step. Turn away from it. Turn away from your possessions. In Luke, we read this earlier, Jesus said, listen, your possessions are your big hang-up. They have a hold of you. So how do you get free from that? Give them away. You can't say, oh, okay, I'll no longer treat this Lexus like my child. You still will. You can't do a, a, a power of your will. It must be dealt with. Now, if you sell the thing and you overcome it and then down the road, you're able to buy another one but not have all that attached to it, fine. But it must be dealt with. You must turn around and go in the other direction. If you stay on the path of greed, it will kill you. It'll destroy you. It'll destroy your family and your children and your relationships. So I'm warning you this morning. Step number two is after you repent, and that's just, just real simple. It's just like, God, forgive me. I see that I see I'm full of greed, and I didn't realize it, and I'm so sorry. Step two is start giving generously. That's the, that's the way to free yourself from greed. Write a big check. Give a big amount away to free yourself from greed. Number three is if that generous giving isn't working, you know, you're still holding on to things and still holding on to the money that you are giving, give sacrificially. You know, that's where you're deciding between food, clothing, and shelter and giving. Give sacrificially, and that will kill this greed inside of you. And number four, such a practical step, simplify your life. Simplify your lifestyle Go through your whole house and your whole life and find out what you can do without. I remember a conversation I had with a gentleman not too long ago about this subject, and he's a multimillionaire, a $20 million guy a year. And he told me this, that he just finally just got sick of all of it, just, just drove him to just utter sickness. Rather than buy one motorcycle, he'd buy three. Rather than one you know, jet ski, he'd buy four. And so he, he realized that after a while, it wouldn't fit in his garage. And so he literally built a new garage, three times the size of the one he had, to hold all of his stuff. And when he got done with all of that, he was sitting in his living room and he was reading the Bible and he read Luke chapter 12 where Jesus told a story about a rich guy who kept building bigger barns for all of his stuff. Isn't that amazing how the Bible just has a way of speaking to us right where we're at? And he said he got down on his knees in his kitchen and he wept and said, God, look what I've become. And rather than just say sorry and drive off in all of those motorcycles, he sold them all. He sold all of it. And he said to me, he said, you know what? I found that, that, that I am so much more happy with not having all of that stuff and not having to manage it all and worry about all of it. My life is so much better free from all of that. 
try and imagine a life of contentment. I know this is hard for you because you don't live this way. I know you don't. You don't live with this peace and contentment of just so happy and grateful for everything you do. If you do, you're a rare one because most do not. So imagine a life where you're completely content and happy with what you have and you literally want for nothing. You want for nothing. You're happy with all that you have. And if somebody said, hey, here's a way you can get another 50,000, you would say, oh, it's all right. I'm content with what I have. Can you imagine that kind of peace? Because Paul's saying here that that's what we get. When you free yourself from greed and envy, the byproduct of that is godliness and contentment, which he says is of great gain. It radically change your life. If we rid the church of greed, we would have more resources than we know what to do with. We wouldn't worry about the summer dip. <laughs> We'd have money in the bank. We could do the things that God wants us to do. Can you imagine if I got up here on a Sunday and I said, hey, don't tithe today. Let's don't collect an offering today. We don't need it. We've got so much money in the bank. We're covered. Hey, don't worry about it. Can you imagine? I can't imagine that. But that's what would happen if we lived free from this that has a hold of us. So the skeptics out there are saying to themselves right now, well, I know why he's talking about greed. He wants my money. He wants me to get out my wallet. It's all about getting money from me. That's what churches do. All they care about is getting their money. They want my money. Money, money, money. Listen, if, if if you're new to the church, then I'll give you that one. But if you've been here longer than six months, you know that isn't what we're about. You've probably heard every single time you're here, somebody say something like this. Hey, if you're a guest, allow the bucket to pass you by. Have you heard it before? You've heard it before, right? Because it's not about getting all your money. This is not a, we want to get rich church. In fact, we'd read just the opposite. Those who desire to get rich are in dangerous place. This is about you being blessed and being blessed and prospering and having all the money that you need to meet all of your bills and have leftover to bless others with. That's what we're about. So I'm not trying to strong arm you into giving to the church. I'm trying to free you from this horrible thing called greed and to free your children. Because the chances are, if you have it as a mom and dad, the kids have it too. And you can set them free today by setting yourself free. Why don't we do this? Why don't we go to God and start with that? Go to God and pray and start with step number one, repentance and say, God, we're sorry for, for allowing ourselves to get into this place to begin with. And then you set some steps for yourself today and the next day to follow steps two through four.